All right, guys, this is Johnny Tacos here, just letting you know today is Taco Tuesday testimonials. So grab your tacos and get your ears going and listen to this awesome testimony that my guest, Mr. Hen Barks, will tell you. And you know what? We all have a testimony. We all have a story to tell about God and how he had invited all the love that that you have for the world and and he opens up your eyes not only to cloud the enemy from speaking to your ears but brings out a crystal clear clarity uh if you want to say it to open your heart to see people as who jesus sees people and living that life you start being more thankful to what you have and what you have not because God has a plan and that plan is to get you home to paradise, to the kingdom. So you know what? On the way of helping build that kingdom, why don't you bring some people along with you through your story? And you know what? Let's get this party started. Let's get this testimony going because Hen Barks is ready to tell. I feel like my man to show Savior, but, uh, but yeah, my Savior, we all had that moment where we stray away 
Christ, my friend. You know, uh, He's my friend. Jesus, uh, Jesus, my Jesus. We like my Messiah, the King. Jesus Christ, my friend. Yes, you are. I'm a Shia. My Lord and my Savior. The light of the Judah. Jesus Christ, my friend. It's a can. I know that he's my best friend. It's there from gold. me from beginning it's to a, end. Gold, Strong tower uh, and my shield. Drink. Protection in the sitting field. Shepherd you know, and my father. So the even father can't separate us if you try. You know, helps me spot the devil's lies. Like Word of uh, God. Use the truth. Didn't understand that like in my youth. A, wish uh, I had them days back. In his wrist from way back. Into his arms of love. He looks down from above. Just like when the dove descended and made him new. We found repentance. I didn't find religion. I got a relationship you know, with the Lord and Savior. True. Changed my so, life and my but, uh, behavior. But anyway, I'm trying to walk right. Now that I see the light, I'm bringing Jesus. I got Jesus, on TikTok. I got myself, my Messiah, uh, you know the King. Jesus Christ, my friend. Yes, you were a machine. My Lord and my and Savior. Weird the light of Judah. Jesus Christ, my but, friend. He's uh, my, my friend, pastor Jesus. Says, well, you know, Jesus, he said, uh, Jesus, my Messiah, you need Jesus Christ, my friend. Yes, you were a machine. They my need Lord a light savior, because there's so much dark in there, and Jesus you know, Christ, in, in the dark, you can't really yeah. know where you're going. So we we are uh, children of God. We are a beacon of light. And 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 when I was scrolling through, because I, I put on restriction, because you can actually put TikTok on restriction, and you won't see any booty bouncing or whatever they do nowadays, the kids do. But you start seeing more... Uh, religious stuff you start seeing more christianity positive stuff uh you know you start seeing stuff just like my guest here and he's a hip-hop artist and his music is so it's it's so positive and it's so scripture based and it's, it's about a relationship with god and um and then on i said man he's got to be my brother from another mother same father you know, we, we, uh, we look at the, uh, we look at us, uh, trying to help other people come back to God and we're trying to do it the loving way, but you know, people think the loving way is letting people get away with their sin and living with their sin. That's not the loving way. The, the loving way is to show them that, Hey, that's the sin. You know, I love you, but that what you're doing, you know, it, it's, it's it's it goes against God, and I want you to go up to kingdom with me. You know, I'll, I'll miss you if I go up to the kingdom and I don't see you. You know, I just want you to go. I just want to help you equip with the roadmap, and and just uh just go there. But but I I do digress because uh you know this 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 gentleman here. He 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 comes up every time I look through TikTok. He's got a he's got a Bible verse just popping up. He he's like uh, he's like if uh, if TikTok had a Bible saying for every day. You know he he is the TikTok uh, Bible scholar. There we go, a TikTok scholar. But he also does rapping. He's a uh, He's he's very active on Facebook, Instagram, you know. Let's give him a big a round of applause to Mr. Hen Barks. What's up, Henry? Yo, yo, yo. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, when, definitely. You know, I I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm like excited because you know, when I first saw you, man, I was like 
this dude's got got some kind of glow on him and i just wanted to to get out and get to know you more and i was like you know what he would be an awesome awesome addition to this ministry so you know you probably heard him because he does bible breaks for us uh every now and then when i when i have uh either an unplug episode or an actual uh johnny tacos uh show so you know it's just it's an honor to have you a part of the show man amen brother amen thank you and you know i definitely thank god for 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 the course that he's got my life on meeting people like you being part of not only this show but um just meeting many people of god people who i want to press in and and be closer to him who want to shine their light like you said in the darkness that we see in this world right now and um man you, you really hit hit the nail on the head on a couple things that you've already mentioned i'm like wow does he already know my whole backstory because <laughs> i thought i was about to share my testimony but man like the whole thing about you know my parents like my, my father he, he was in church and we were kids and you know, the pushback that, that me and my brother gave him. I'm like, no, you know, we don't want to do that. But now, man, the understanding that I have and the time that I wasted and, you know, I, I'll start I'll start a little earlier, but just thinking about the amount of time that I wasted in the world, wanting nothing to do with Christ and, and the Bible. And, man, it, it, it just makes you think about what could have been but at the same time, knowing what will be now that we are with Christ, it, it just fills me with hope and, and faith and, and what the future holds. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely glad to be here, man. And you know what? You are right. But there's no time time limit to go back unless you're, you know, you're about to meet your maker, about to meet yeah. God. Uh, there is there is no time like the present to get back with God. You know, you can be two or you can be uh 20 or you can be 58 you know and you decide to hey i need to change my life i need to go closer to god and you know it's it's just um i wouldn't even think about those that time loss because god god was there with you during that time anyways he was yeah man and and that's actually something that i will highlight in my music from time to time that i i didn't know it i wasn't ready to give him the glory for the fact that my life was, was, you know, saved from, from whatever the situation was. And I'm like, wow, now that I'm, now that I'm ready to honor him and give him the glory, man, I, I can see his place in my life throughout the years. Um, so, so like I said, I'll, I'll kind of start at the beginning, but just a, a kid born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And as many people who I meet who are from the area, the Midwest or Michigan itself will ask, so are you from Detroit, Detroit? Because you have a lot of people who are blessed to live in maybe a suburb surrounding Detroit or near Detroit. And I'm like, nah, man, I, I grew up in Detroit. And I grew up during a time where it was still safe to ride your bike around the neighborhood. I thank God that we lived in the neighborhood that we did because a few blocks away, there was a neighborhood that I didn't ride through. So really having an understanding where to go, where not to go, 
um, what not to do. That was a big part of, of living in the inner city in that, in that time. And, you know, I thank God that I had parents that kind of allowed me to explore, but at the same time did give me guidelines and made sure that I was smart enough to know not, not to go down certain streets, not to venture into certain areas. But, you know, to your point, as we get older and we start to think we got it all figured out, I, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough. I, I know what to do and what not to do. You know, we start to to dip and dabble into things that we probably shouldn't. Um, I was never, you know, you hear that stereotype of people from places like Detroit, Chicago, you know, areas of New York and, and whatnot. Because, um, yeah, you know, we were listening to the music of the time. And especially the rap music, man. Gangsta rap was huge when I was growing up. And as a teenager, it it had a huge influence on not only individuals, but kind of that society as a whole. If, if you lived in the city, if you lived in that urban environment, you were always hearing it, you were listening to it, you knew all the words. You know, I, I could do all the words to whatever Snoop Dogg and, and Tupac or Notorious B.I.G. song. And now I'm just like, wow, bro, like that stuff can really poison your mind. And and as we get older, you know, whether or not you're in the faith, you start to realize that, wow, you know, if it wasn't for gangster music, like gangster hip hop, especially a lot of people would be in a better state of mind and a state of life because it just made it just put people in the wrong frame of mind, in the wrong uh, mode of thinking. It, it it really really was all about you know glorifying violence against our, ourselves against women drug dealing you know trying to make quick money and and it was just it was just poison just true poison man so growing up around that and in that you know you start to hang with maybe people who you shouldn't you know I was and I, I was by no means you know, involved in any like criminal activity or none of that kind of stuff. But um, kind of like that term, six degrees of separation, like I was closer than I should have been to that kind of thing. You yeah. Know, people I knew real well, family members, real good friends were like really into some stuff that I knew I had no business being around. But again, because, you know, we all thought it was cool. We all thought, you know, this is how you be a man. This is how, you know, this is this is how you operate. This is how you're supposed to, because this is what we were getting from the popular music of the time. So fast forward to like high school times. Um, I really ended up getting caught up in like that culture where, and, and unfortunately it's, it's nationwide. It's not just in urban areas, man, kids, Watch, watch your kids, man. Know what they're doing. Know who they're hanging out with. Know whether or not they're drinking on the weekends underage. And and this is where, you know, you're, and and I've heard stories of people drinking at like 12 and 13. Uh, Thank God I didn't start until maybe closer to, um, I would say like 17 or 18. But when I did start, it was like, way too often you know they used to call me henny or hennessy um as as a nickname because that was our our drink of choice we were drinking pints of hennessy we would get a fifth you know on the weekend we would 
you know, sneak it in. We would sneak in. Uh, we would go to the movies and sneak bottles of uh, of either liquor or like 22-ounce bottles of beer in our pockets into the movie theaters and just being there getting drunk. I was never crazy about 40s myself, although I definitely drank a few. Uh, but, you know, this is all way before I'm even 21 years old, man. And again, when we look, we look back on certain times of our lives and it's like, wow, I some serious things could have happened. You know, we were, we were in the hood. We were, and especially after high school, man, I started smoking. I started getting high, you know, marijuana started just being everywhere. Um, and, and it was just a bad look now that I'm, you know, think back on it. And again, to your point, man, the, the things that we came from, we don't dwell on it, but we thank God that we made it through. Hey, man, There's, there was one particular point that I recall driving home one night, man, drunk. And, you know, in Michigan, you get that cold weather, icy roads. And I was on kind of a side street because, you know, again, I thought I was smart. So I was taking side streets home from my buddy's house, you know, smoking and drinking. Turn a corner, lose control of the car. And man, when I tell you the car stopped one inch away from that light pole, I got out and measured it. I'm like, oh my, and you know, I didn't know at the time, you know, we throw around, oh my God, or, you know, oh Lord, what's about to happen? And I didn't think about it at the time, but yeah, I I, I, I cried out to God. And when I didn't hit that pole, I was like, wow. I got out and I measured it and I made it back home. But of course that didn't stop me from drinking. That didn't stop me from smoking and, and doing the things that I was doing. And, and again, this is a little bit after the time that, you know, I was rebellious, man. Um, my father wanted us in church. It's like, no, nah, you know, I don't want to do that. I didn't like, I, I, I knew about Christ, but I didn't think it was relevant because I didn't, I didn't know Christ. We grow up knowing of him, but until you truly have that relationship with him, it's, uh, you know, there's that distance between you. And of course, there was also, you know, I was growing up during that time where people were really into starting to get into like new age, like, um, like the whole back to Africa movement, um, you know, Egyptian, uh, not not necessarily God worship, but worshiping the Egyptians for the technological advancements that maybe they had before, you know, before people knew about it. You know, I had an ankh around my chest, peace sign. You know, I was into all that. And, and you know, it's, it's whatever. But now I look back on it, I'm like, man, I was definitely focused on the wrong thing. And as you learn more and more about not only the Bible, but <laughs> the cultures that were around, you know, the, the gods that the Egypts that the Egyptians worshipped were all fallen angels. The the gods that the Romans and Greeks and, and all of these people worship were fallen angels. And there was a time in the Bible where after the fall of the Tower of Babel, where God assigned people basically 
an angel to rule over them because they wanted so bad to build a tower to heaven. Well, he, he basically said, well, here you go. You'll have angels rule over you, essentially. And, you know, depending on depending on denomination and, and what they're teaching in seminary, a, a lot of this stuff is is kind of it's kind of obscure. A lot of it's it's not hidden, but a lot of people don't teach it because it, it's strange. The whole, you know, Genesis six angels mating with with women and, and having, you know, the Nephilim and, and the giants in the land, you know, all that stuff. We tend to think of it as as obscure or strange, but when you really dig into the Bible and into Scripture, it's all there. Whether or not we talk about it is is a whole different thing. But I digress. I was um, I was blessed to move out of Detroit a little while after high school, a couple years after high school, just to kind of you know get into a better job market, better environment. But I kept doing the same kind of things I was doing, still drinking, still smoking. Um, you know, don't don't get me started on trying to find love in the wrong places because while I had met my current wife in high school and we dated for a little while after high school, clearly my mind wasn't in the right place. You know, I, I wasn't in a good frame of mind. I wasn't. I didn't have a good understanding of what a man should be to a wife, of what a uh, of what a healthy relationship looked like, and so I went from relationship to relationship, even into my I would say late twenties, man. Um, you know, just kind of looking to to replace the love of Christ with a relationship that, and, and obviously, if you're trying to replace the love of Christ with a person. They're never going to <laughs> to to meet that expectation. So, what what has really been interesting for me is that journey, especially the spiritual journey, because as I got into my kind of early thirties, early to mid thirties, you know, and, and mind you, this. Sorry about that. My, my phone. Oh, you good. And, and mind you, this whole time, you know, I, I was writing, I was writing music, I was writing rap songs, um, you know, even even recorded a couple times, had people tell me, oh, you know, that's sweet, never heard nothing like it. Um, but I never did anything with it. And it wasn't until I started writing Christian hip hop that I realized why I never did anything with it. Because clearly I was wasting, you know, whatever talent the Lord has given me. And he, he was basically telling me, no, nah, bro, that's not what I want you doing. Because, I, man, I, you know, no, notebooks on notebooks, three subject notebooks. I, I got a stack of them, you know, probably as, as tall as um, as tall as my head is. But I never did anything with any of these lyrics, any of these songs. And, and I truly now realize why, because that's not what our father in heaven wanted me putting out in the world. He's basically like, listen, bro, you're a representation of me. So why would you put that kind of filth into the world? And so, um, mid, you know, going back to like my thirties, me and, uh, my current wife, we kind of reconnected. 
Um, so we were blessed to, like I said, have met in high school, dated for a little while after, but we stayed in contact. Little did I know that this is the woman that God wanted me with because in the years that we were apart, basically we, we were both almost engaged and married to at least a couple of different people. So if God wasn't ordaining our path or, or making sure that those relationships didn't work, I'd listen. I, I know he was because we both, like I said, not, you know, really being in contact during those times, almost settled down with other people. And the fact that we didn't, to me, is just, you know, it's just a signal from him that, okay, now that you all are reconnecting, this this is what's meant to be. Because we did a long distance relationship for like three years, man. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever done long distance, but Detroit to Arizona, that, that's, that can be tough, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, the commitment that we, that we made to each other, um, there's, there's not much, especially in the world that, that helps that kind of thing. You know, the world is always, and especially now, man, I, I couldn't imagine being single right now. The way the world is throwing temptation at, at people, the way the world is throwing that that quick, uh, you know, you can get it now, you can get it quick, you can you can have it whenever you want it. It's it's just everywhere, bro. You you know, you can't go out to a bar, you can't go out to a club, you can't you can't even go online without them throwing options at you. And and you just have to say no. That that's not what I want. Now. My wife was raised Catholic. So I'm like, okay, I, I kind of made a commitment to convert or at least begin to um, start going to, to Catholic church with them, going to mass every Sunday. And, you know, it was cool. And as our long distance relationship came to an end and we, I, I moved her out here to Arizona with me and we got married like, basically a month after she got out here, we got married because we didn't want to waste no time. We're like, nah, we're, we're not about to be cohabitating without being married. Not even, not even having really made a commitment to Christ, but at least to our families, because we know they were old school. They're not going to be okay with that. So we said, you know what, let's go ahead. Let's make it happen. So we got engaged she moved out here the next year. We got married the next month after she moved out here. And our walk with Christ began now together, going to church, um, you know, started reading the Bible here and there a little bit. But it was still, you know, there was still a distance. We, we both at times in our lives, you know, messed around with new age, you know, didn't do a whole lot of like yoga or, but, you know, into meditation and into um, almost that uh, self-worship or, man, that, it's, I don't want to get way too into it, but when, when you look at sat Satanism and, and people who are into that, it's not about 
worshiping Satan. It's more about worshiping themselves. Like I've got all the answers. All I need is a self-help book, self-help book. And, and I can, I can perfect myself. You know, I can create energy. I can manifest things, you know, all, all this stuff that is anti-biblical. Cause when you're not leaning on the source of all things, then you're leaning on yourself or you're leaning on an, another power source. That's not Christ. That's not God, which is where we get in trouble. Um, you know, because a lot of these things that we don't recognize as, as um, pagan, you know, like yoga, I mean, yoga, you know, you're, you're literally yoking yourself to these Hindu gods when you do these positions. And again, we never really got into yoga, you know, Thank, thank Christ. But again, we've got all these things in our world that are there for, for the replacement of a relationship with Christ. And so we were both going, you know, going through, going through the motions, basically just going to church, just to go to church. And what happens is my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, she, she loved her some Jesus. <laughs> Um, and, and again, you know, they were raised Catholic. So, you know, they, they did some of the, you know, praying the saints and the rosary thing. Uh, but every day, all day, she made sure she maintained a relationship with Christ, praying to him every morning, you know, throughout the day, um, every night, if she was in pain, she was crying, she was crying out to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God rest her soul. She went through some, some health issues and she was living with us at the time. And just seeing her lean on him through all that she was going through, through all the pain that she was managing, through all the doctor's appointments, through all the issues, seeing her lean on him was like, it was just such a testament, just such an example of faith that it, it was just amazing. It was just amazing to watch. And and I swear we witnessed a miracle, man, because um there at the end, as as she as she she basically was in a position where we had her in hospice, they were ready to send her home. Uh, basically just for her to take care of her until she passed. Um, my wife has several siblings. They all flew in to see her. And no more than, I would say, 30 minutes after we all gathered around her. Of course, we cried. Of course, we you know said our goodbyes. But we were expecting to bring her home. The next day, no, no more than 30 minutes after we all, all the siblings, all of her kids were gathered in that room and we left out to, to um, go home. We get a call that she had taken her last breath. She waited until all of her children had flown in, landed, got there to see her before she moved on to be with Christ. And knowing how much she loved him and knowing how much she loved her kids. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's God. 
That is God. Not to mention the fact, bro, I mean, if if we'd have brought her home the next day and she passed at her home, I mean, that's a whole nother level of trauma, you know, that, that one would have to manage. Um, so, uh, you know, it was another blessing that she passed in the facility there. Um, I'm like, and, and, and so we were, both me and my wife were like, wow, you know, there's, it, it, it became tangible. Christ became tangible at that point. And, and again, I, I got to thank God for my wife because she began to move into revival. Um, again, she had been Catholic her whole life, but now she's, you know, watching these brothers, these people, these men of God who you, you might call Pentecostal or, um, but, but they were revivalists. They were all about the gifts of the spirit, about deliverance. They were about, um, they were about making sure that people built a relationship with Christ, spreading the gospel, just, just all, just all into it, man. There was no, there was no quiet hymns or, um, you know, quiet talks that you get in Catholic church, man. These, these men of God were, were on fire, were on fire for Christ. And so she's listening to them, watching their videos and, you know, I'm getting it in the background and I'm hearing these things and, and, I, and I'm, it's piquing my interest. And at this point I've stopped, I've stopped listening to like most rap music, especially the popular stuff. Um, I, I had already kind of phased out a lot of that popular music. I was listening to more like, you know, EDM, electronic jazz, even classic rock and stuff like that. But now I'm like, okay, you know, let me start listening to some gospel music and, um, didn't even start listening to Christian hip hop much yet. And and this was, you know, about four years ago, man, uh, 2019 going into 2020 when the revival truly hit us, it was at the end of 2020. Um, man, I, I met Christ in our bedroom one morning and I haven't been the same since. Up, and, up to that point, I had been smoking weed for about 25 years. And I'm now no longer wanting it, no longer needing it, no longer desiring it. I'm like, you know what? I, I feel different. And that's when I started writing. Um, I got connected with a dude who, who does worship music. And he started mentoring a group of people into releasing music. And really, man, I mean, you know, the, the rest is history. Um, I've been releasing music, going in, going in for Christ, got on all the social media platforms. And again, I just thank God. I just thank Christ for changing me, bringing me back. He healed me. Um, and we can get into that in a, at another time if you want. But, man, it, it's just been quite a ride. Now that I'm on, on, on with Christ, it has been quite the ride. You know what? Uh, listening to your testimony, it kind of resonates with me because we both we're about the same age. You know, we're about the same age. We we lived that uh, we lived a life where that was the only thing we knew, and we knew it through music. We knew it through the environment. You know, it's it's just something that that just attached to us. It was a part of our DNA, um, and living that life. 
it it still you still woke up empty you didn't feel up you didn't feel like you're full your cup was filled up and uh you can you can uh chase it with alcohol you know or drugs or anything but then it just keeps growing and growing because you're you're still feeling that emptiness but uh we could talk about that next time we, we'll get more into that on a, on a topic i just wanted to thank you so much if you want to hear more from uh hen barks you can go to any of the major streaming services look for hen barks for god uh also the social medias under hen barks for god and you know what i want to play jesus my jesus just to take us out so here it is, Jesus, my Jesus, by him barks for God on the Johnny Taco Show, Taco Tuesday Testimonials.